Good morning. Happy Easter 2020. Guys, Pastor Coleman here. We're getting ready to kick off our drive-in church services at Katie's First. The rain has cleared. The sun is out for Resurrection Sunday. So I'm pulling in, going to find my parking spot, and we are a go for 10 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. services. Good morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. If you're happy to be gathered here, outside of your home some of you even outside of your pajamas for the first time in a good while please show your excitement to be gathered as the church honk your horn flash your headlights guys it is so good to see y'all i know you're gonna be blessed by your time with us and it has nothing to do with me it has nothing to do with the music but it has everything to do what truly happened without any shadow of a doubt over 2,000 years ago. We know today is definitely different than what we expected, but the reality that the first Easter was different than they expected gives us great hope, gives us great encouragement today to celebrate our risen Savior. So let me pray for us, and we're going to worship with the next two songs. Heavenly Father, maker of heaven and earth, we come to you right now, and we can't help but just just feel the, the heat of your sun above us and know you provided great weather. You are the creator of all things. All week long, Father, the weather forecast have been wrong, but Lord, we've had no doubt you were going to provide today that we might gather in person in this unique opportunity. So Lord, we want today to be so powerful. We come with our expectations all messed up, all turned upside down, but Lord, we come today based on who Jesus is and his death, burial, and resurrection, and we expect you God so we pray that you're glorified we pray that you're lifted high and we want to be encountered by you the living God all for your glory all for our good we give you this time and we pray these things in Jesus Christ's name amen let's worship together Death and vain for 
chapter 24. I want to read for you 24 verses 1 to 8. So if you've got your apps there in your car or your Bibles, open with me in your copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 24 verse 1. And when you get there, jump out the moon roof and holler, lay on the horn, whatever you do, let me know you're with me this morning when you get to Luke chapter 24. Amen and amen. This is what, amen, it's so good to be together with you church. This is what the Word of God says. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, and bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but He has risen. Amen? Remember how He told you while you were with Him in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, but on the third day rise again. And check this out in verse 8. A light switch goes off. At these words, they remember the teachings of Jesus. We gather this morning, and this is definitely not what I expected for Easter 2020 in the life of Katie's first. Anybody? No. But that first Easter... Well, we're going to find in the Word of God this morning a great reminder that first Easter did not live up to the expectations that men and women had either. And for that church family, for that those of you here who are hopeless and looking for something more outside of this world, I am greatly encouraged and greatly hopeful because we serve a risen Savior who's in the world today. The building's empty, but He lives inside of me. And because of that, there is something greater that He offers. And so today we look at Luke chapter 24, and it says it was on the first day, the first day of the week being Sunday, this, this very day of the week in which we're gathering here, Easter 2020, over 2,000 years ago, Resurrection Sunday. Now I know some of you, you know we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead on the third day, but when you do the math sometimes, 
You wonder if it's some of that crazy new math they're teaching in school because you look at Jesus died on Friday and you wonder, wait a minute, Saturday's one day removed, Sunday's two days removed. Why do we celebrate Jesus raising on the third day? Well, let's remember what Scripture teaches. That Friday, they were in a hurry to get these men crucified. One of them being our Lord and Savior, the other two being thieves who were positioned on either side of Jesus at Calvary. And they got an early start to things that Friday morning because they wanted to be sure these men were dead before the Sabbath began at 6 p.m. that evening. Sabbath ran from 6 p.m. Friday to 6 p.m. Saturday. So they strategically hurried about it, brutally mutilating these men on the crosses. And Scripture tells us around mid-afternoon Friday, Good Friday, good because of what was accomplished on our behalves, on that Friday, Jesus died around mid-afternoon. So He was dead Friday. He was dead Saturday. And he was dead for three days that Sunday. And on that first Sunday, that first day of the week, we know what happened. He rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Give me some hearts of hallelujah. I tell you what, church, you're hiding behind your windshields, but when we get back in that building, you better be just as participatory. Amen? There's half of you, yeah. So it was the first day of the week, and they were going to the tomb. It was early dawn. It was that period of the morning where... The morning light begins to punch holes in the darkness of the night. And it doesn't happen all at once, but it gradually happens. And, and you know what I'm talking about. Maybe during this social distancing season, you've enjoyed additional morning walks. Or you've enjoyed additional days on your porches with coffee in one hand and scripture in the other. Or maybe you're like me and you know, during the morning at dawn when you're in a deer blind or going early out on the water to go fishing, you see the beautiful canvas of the sky being painted with brilliant colors of purples, pinks, and oranges. That's the time of day, this first day of the week, that Sunday, that this group was going to the tomb. And we know from Scripture they weren't just a bunch of no-name people. In fact, it was a group of ladies. And verse 10 tells us exactly who they were, at least some of the people in that group. We know Mary Magdalene was part of this group going to the tomb that first day of the week. Mary Magdalene was one who followed after Jesus in His public ministry. And she had become possessed by evil spirits and Jesus the one who has authority even over the one who seeks to destroy our lives, spoke into her life and cast out seven demons from her body. Mary Magdalene was there in that group going to the tomb on that first resurrection Sunday morning. In addition to her was a lady by the name of Joanna. Now Joanna was really well off financially. Joanna was the one who had a lot of financial resources and as a result she took those resources and blessed Jesus' public ministry. But it's so curious when you look into her background. Joanna's husband likely did not approve of such endeavors. See, her husband was financially well off because he was a manager of King Herod's household. That's interesting, isn't it? Jesus was okay taking money from a man who managed King Herod's household. And some of us wonder today about those questions. Will the church take money from just anywhere? Let me assure you the answer is yes. Now wait with me though. What Jesus is showing here. Was it bad what Joanna's husband may have been doing with King Herod? Absolutely. But you know what Jesus was doing here? He said, devil has had that money long enough. It's about time to put it in God's hand and let him have eternal impact with that money. And that's precisely Joanna's role in Jesus' public ministry. She was there that first day of the week going to the tomb alongside Mary Magdalene. And the third mention was Mary mother of James. James was an apostle appointed by Jesus Christ. And there 
these three ladies, and I'm sure some others, were going to the tomb that morning, the first day of the week. And as you look back in your verses today from Luke 24, you see they were racing to the tomb excitedly. They were enthusiastic. They just knew Jesus would be resurrected from the dead, right? No. That's not what my Bible says. If your Bible says these ladies were expecting a risen king, you need to throw that Bible translation out on the parking lot. We've got some specially trained attendants. They will come by like pooper scoopers and take that to the trash. These ladies were going to the tomb that first morning of the week at daylight. And it says they were going with the spices they had prepared. What does one do with spices when they're heading to a cemetery? They're not looking for the living. They're looking for the dead. Now, it's so interesting here, and you've got to be careful. Uh, you would not believe some of the commentaries you come across at this point in Scripture. Some of those who always want to super-spiritualize characters of Scripture, when we know all reality is that characters in Scripture can relate to us because they're broken. They need fixed by the power of Jesus. But here are some commentaries saying, see here are these group of ladies, they're not like those boneheaded men disciples. They understood what Jesus taught. They knew that first of the day of the week Jesus might be resurrected, so they were going to the tomb. Well, how do you account for the spices if you're saying these ladies knew that Jesus would be resurrected? You know what you'll find out there? Some people will suggest in their super spirituality that these ladies knew Jesus be resurrected, but they learned a lesson from Lazarus weeks before. That when people are dead and they raise from the dead, Lord, they stinketh. So these ladies expected resurrection, but they're bringing the spices because even Jesus was going to stink after coming from the grave. That ain't what was happening here. Don't be led astray. These ladies, on the first day of the week, while it was still early dawn, were going to the tomb with the spices they had prepared because they were expecting a dead body that was behind a massive stone sealing that tomb guarded with 24-hour-a-day surveillance by a Roman soldier. Their expectations were not to encounter a resurrected, living, bodily Jesus Christ. Think about that walk that morning on the first day of the week. Two days had only passed since they last saw any expression of life from Jesus, their friend. Think about that morning. Only two days had passed, but the shock of the overall situation was still palpable. Think about it. Two days, or two nights, excuse me, had already passed. Somebody honk and correct me. Come on. Two nights had already passed. But the fog that comes in during times like that where conversations and thoughts and moments all seem to continually blur and have this haze over it had yet to be lifted. And what I believe is those ladies were walking to the tomb that first Sunday morning, according to this narrative, they weren't rushing. They weren't enthusiastic. But the heaviness of their hearts was having impact on their physical countenance. And they were walking slowly and somber, trying to figure out how they were going to make sense of their lives now that the one who they invested everything in was dead. Don't believe me. Look at what the Word of God says. They got there and they discovered there was no stone that they had expected. It was rolled away. They got there and they discovered that there were no Roman soldiers as they expected. They got there and they even walked into the tomb and there was no lifeless, dead, decaying cadaver that they expected. And Scripture says 
they were perplexed. That word meaning they were completely uncertain. They were turned upside down. They had no idea how to even begin making sense of this. Why was that? Because these ladies, as all the other followers of Jesus Christ, even though they'd seen miracle upon miracle, even though he had talked about it, when it came time to what they saw, they could not get over the reality that they saw unfold before their very eyes. Like that classic hymn talks about, if you were to ask these ladies, were you there when they crucified my Lord? They would say, yes, I saw it unfold before my very eyes. They brutally beat him. They stripped his flesh away from him and they crucified him. Were you there when they nailed my Lord to a tree? And they would say, yes, I was there. It unfolded right before my very eyes. I saw these torturous tools pierce his hands. I saw that nail pierce his feet. I even saw the piercing of his side where love and blood and water flow mingled down. I saw as that blood and water flowed mingled down from my Savior's body on that tree, the wooden beams of that cross absorbed that water and that blood of my Savior. I was there. I saw it unfold. Were you there when they laid his dead body in the tomb? And again, they would have said, yes, I was there. I saw that reality unfold before my very eyes. And as a result of all they've been going through, as a result of all the chaos unfolding around them, and the feelings and the emotions that were evoked as a result of all they've been going through, they allowed the realities unfolding around them, the feelings, the emotions, to shape their expectations for life rather than to expect God. That's what happened on this Sunday over 2,000 years ago. These groups of followers of Jesus Christ had seen so many signs and wonders. But when it came to that first Easter Sunday morning, things happened a little differently than they had expected. Because they, find them, they found themselves allowing the realities of life that unfolded them around them to shape and to mold their expectations for life, their expectations for dreaming and hoping. And the scripture shows that it took two angelic men in dazzling apparel. Man, I wish I had an illustrated Bible. What is dazzling apparel? That's interesting. Maybe that's where we get we need to dress up on Easter Sunday. And it took these messengers of God himself to remind these ladies about the words and the teachings of Jesus and what they should really expect when they expect God rather than expect based on the reality unfolding around them. So they share the reminders. Jesus told you, remember, he must be delivered over into the hands of sinful men. As the Lamb of God, very God of very God who lived a perfect life, must be crucified for the sin of all humanity. But remember, he must be crucified and buried, but on the third, he will rise again. And it was there in the words of truth. All of these ladies had allowed the realities unfolding around them to shape their expectations. It was there when they were drawn back to the truth of God's word, the very words that Jesus told them in the flesh. Now we see the light bulb go off in verse 8. Where they're able for a moment to set aside the distractions of the realities unfolding around them. They're able to sit on the shelf that which seems overwhelming 
or causes anxieties in their lives. And based on the words of truth of Jesus himself, they are then recalibrated and reoriented to not allow this world to shape their expectations, but to rather expect God. Here we are. It is Sunday morning, Easter 2020. I'm standing on a trailer. You have been persuaded because life is so crazy at home during the stay home, work safe. You're in a parking lot on Easter Sunday. Did anybody call this last year? Anybody? Did you place money on this bet? No. This is definitely so different than we could have ever tried to ever imagine. But so was the first Easter. And that truth gives us so much hope. It gives us so much encouragement. Because we never want to live our lives based on our expectations being shaped by the realities around us. We want it on the Word of God. We want it based on what Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. And praise be to God that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus fulfilled the will of His Father rather than attempting to live up to men and women's expectations for that first Easter. As a result, in our sinfulness, the Lamb of God came and lived a perfect life. And in His pursuit of love, relentless love toward all humanity, in this rescue mission for redemption, He died the death on the cross that we deserve to die in our sinfulness. And then just as He said, on the third day, death was defeated. You still with me, church? Jesus Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection against the expectations of humanity, even those closest with Him and following after Him, brought death to death itself for His glory and the good of all humanity who should profess faith in Him as Lord and Savior. This is a very unique season we're in. But for as bizarre and as unique as it is, what an opportunity should you find yourself here this morning, and rather than allowing the realities of a crashing market and economy, the uncertainty of jobs, the overwhelming stress and anxieties, rather than allowing that to shape your expectations for life and dreams and hopes. Here today, you would expect God and recognize that He is creator of heaven and creator of earth has drawn you here today in a parking lot to listen to a crazy guy from a flatbed trailer. That where this world will leave you short and disappointed every time, should you come today and sincerely profess faith on Jesus that He died in your place he conquered the grave and rose from the dead and simply based faith on Him as your Lord and Savior, you should have everlasting life. That's the invitation you have today. That's what all this is about. That's why we go to these links and pains of getting this set up. Because the news and the reality we have in Jesus is just that good. We're not going to have a traditional altar call. But I've got an email address, info at katiesfirst.org. It's on the bulletin you received today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know how you're doing. 
I imagine you've experienced great anxiety over this season. I imagine you've dealt with increased uncertainties and stress levels. I imagine you're becoming overwhelmed in your attempts to manage all the expectations that are being thrown your way during this unique and bizarre season. But today is Easter. Be encouraged. Expect God. So if you do have a prayer request, a need, maybe you want to make a decision of making Jesus your Lord and Savior or get some more information about that, email me at that address. I would love to be able to follow up with you and let you know what next steps there are in a relationship with Him. Maybe today you're a child and your family goes to Katie's first and you've thought about giving your life to Jesus. What better memorable day than as you're sitting in a car on Easter Sunday to say, God, I want to profess Jesus as Savior. Get on your parents' phone. Get on their computer. Send me an email. Let me know you have professed Jesus as Savior. And we would love to celebrate that truth that you've become a child of God. This time, church, I just want to remind you of what the Word of God says. And regardless of how much longer we have this required homeschooling, regardless of how long you may be furloughed or out of a job, regardless of what the realities look like unfolding around us, don't be shaped by those realities. But let's collectively, based on who Jesus is, expect God and seek after Him. Let's pray together. Father God, we praise Your name that for as challenging and chaotic as that first Easter was, thank You, Jesus, for not living up to the expectations of men and women, but thank You so perfectly and precisely for carrying out the will of God the Father. Based on the story of today's text, Lord, we ask that You would remind us of that power and that truth. Help us to go during this season living out the reality that Jesus Christ is risen, He's in the world today, and He lives in me. Shape us based on who You are, not the chaos ensuing around us. And Father, I beg You in the name of Jesus, if there's someone here today who has not found fulfillment, who's continuing to wander aimlessly, finding fulfillment in a coming government stimulus check, coming in a hopeful new job opportunity, Lord, I pray that they will not be satisfied until they place their faith, their hope, and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father God, for Easter. Help us to live out this life, especially during this season, truly as people who know who's got the whole world in your hands. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.